You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. Will you please give an extra, extra, extra special welcome to the stage to Nyantra Naya. Thank you. It's very generous. Welcome. <sighs> okay, so, yes. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so um, it's 4 a.m. My cell phone's got no bars on it. And I'm fairly convinced that I'm on the wrong bus. In fact, I am certain I have been put on the wrong bus and that I am not hurtling towards my ideal destination, a small dance school in the middle of rural Karnataka in South India, but rather towards my death. <laughs> and I am so convinced of this that as I look around the bus, everyone looks to me deeply suspicious, deeply shady, as we say in Chennai where I'm from. And I am thinking, my God, you've done it. You have officially killed yourself like your mother sort of promised you you would someday. And I'm regretting everything, everything, just everything in my life. I'm regretting getting onto this bus that looks like it's essentially been assembled from stolen parts. You know, not stolen bus parts, that would be okay. You know, stolen parts off of random mechanical objects, an airplane, you know, wing, uh, electric boiler. <laughs> and I'm regretting believing the um, bus service operators who I was in Bangalore getting onto this bus and they said, look, it's your own fault that you missed your original bus. And I was like, but I booked the ticket, I showed up an hour early and they're like, well, they called you to make sure that you definitely wanted to take this journey that you paid for and you didn't pick up. And I was like, but I, and uh, so it was my fault and I'm regretting believing that it was somehow my fault. I am at this point regretting taking the job that's brought me to this place. So essentially, I'm traveling to rural Karnataka for a theater job as a dramaturge, and I'm like, why? Why, you've never been to rural Karnataka. You don't speak the language. You don't know anyone there. You're going to die. And um, I'm regretting that. And then, you know, I'm regretting wanting a theater job. I'm like, why did you do a master's in theater? What, what's wrong with you? Be an accountant. Be anything else. And then I'm, I'm regretting liking theatre because I'm like, why do you like theatre? And then I'm regretting being 15 and going to an amateur production of Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Honest. And, you know, the, the, the cast, they, they, they maul it to death and it's still so fucking good and I love it and I want to be in theatre, right? And I'm, I'm just... So I'm essentially I just start, you know, like regressing and regretting things and... I've reached the point where I'm like, fuck, I regret, you know, language, I regret humankind. And um, I noticed that the bus conductor, who's this mean-faced little man, you know, who's been glaring at me the entire time, he's looking at me like, I'm not like, a, not like I'm a piece of meat, that would be familiar, right? But like, I'm a whole fucking cow that he's going to sell off to someone. He's looking, I notice that he looks at me and then he shadily pulls a phone out of his pocket and he's kind of, you know, he's talking into it and he's looking at me and he's talking into it and he's looking at me and I'm just like freaking out. I'm freaking out. I'm like, this is it, this is it, this is done. And I begin to truly panic, you know, because this is a good point at which to panic, right? This is a shady situation. This is what my mom's warned me about. This is what everyone's warned me about. And it makes sense. To us here as adults, it makes sense. But I've got to tell you that, like, to my 
10-year-old self, my panic would make no sense. She'd essentially be like, on a bus, not very sure where you're going, a strange new land, the possibility of a bad guy, fuck yes, adventure. She wouldn't swear, because she didn't do that, she was a very proper little girl, but she'd be really excited about the adventure of it. And um, it's because she's a shit, isn't she? She doesn't know anything. She's 10. You know, she's read, like, what, I guess, Enid Blyton and, like, a bunch of books about people, like, succeeding at the end of the day and defeating evil pirates. Um, and she doesn't know, but we, we know better. We're adults. We know that, you know, young women that travel by themselves are more likely to end up dead than have an adventure. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's sad, but it's true, right? But, like, my 10-year-old self, I, I have so much, like, fondness for her because I feel like she was the last version of me that did not know that, that truly believed you could go out there and you could, you could have an adventure, right? She had no clue. Because every year after 10, you know, belonging to like the upper middle class, you know, sort of bizarre sort of background that I belong to in India, after 10 is when you start to be told in astounding and terrifying detail all of the ways in which you are, danger, you are in danger whenever you leave your house, right? It's, it's, it's quite interesting. It's just like the moment you go out there, someone will kidnap you and sell you into sex trafficking, right? And it's, it's, it's a really strange kind of worry for where I come from. I come from this very safe, very nice neighborhood in the south of India. And, you know, it's kind of like worrying about a stranger approaching your child there and that person being a child trafficker is like living in Norwich and then worrying that someone that's running towards you on an empty alley is going to mug you. Like his name is probably Henry. He picked up your wallet from two streets, you know, away. And, you know, the street's empty because it's 5 p.m. and it's Norwich. Like, right? Um, but this was like a recurrent worry. Like child trafficking, you know, the, the child trafficker that hid in dark spaces was a very real thing that we were told. And... The truth is there were probably more tax evaders there than there were child traffickers, but as, as children, we, we bought into it because you don't know any better. You hear a scary story and you tell each other and it spreads and you, and you start to get really worried. And look, I'm not saying that bad things didn't happen where I grew up, right? Like, no, there were a bunch of humans there. Of course, bad things happened. But, you know, the interesting thing was like, the bad things that I saw, that I witnessed, that I was like a part of, they didn't happen like out there. They happened behind closed doors. They happened between people that knew each other. And yet, when it was the safety of our young women that were in question, the stories that we were told were about the big out there. They were about them, you know. And, and, and this them was this amorphous mass of people who were strange because they weren't like us. They didn't look like us, they didn't talk like us, they didn't walk like us, and they were scary. That was who we were scared of, right? And... It's this thing that you just, yeah, you don't know any better as a kid. And even if you aren't paying attention, it worms its way into your head. You know, even if you read a lot, even if you're educated, it gets in there. And then it moves from in there to like down there. It works its way into your gut. And then it becomes instinct. It hides as instinct. And suddenly you, you believe it even when you don't need to. And honestly, that night on the bus when I'm, you know, probably about to be sold off as chattel, that's, that's what was speaking to me, Right. Now, if I had bothered to pay the slightest attention to my environment, bothered to look at who these people were that I was traveling with, you know, I might have been able to tell that feeling to go fuck itself. Because what happens now is the bus conductor, after all of those shady phones, and looks at me, he approaches me, and he says, we take you. Which is not the best thing to say at this moment. And I'm, I'm like, take me where? <laughs> and he says, 
we take you to the village and I'm like I don't want to go to the village don't take me to the village please <laughs> and he is he is he is so done with me right like i forced my way onto his bus i've been like sitting there being like and looking terrified and he's just like but you want to go to the village you created this giant fuss so that you'd get onto this bus and be taken to the village so even though the village is not on this route even though it would take us an extra two and a half hours we are taking you to your village and i'm like oh oh and i sort of feel really foolish right and um i suddenly started to realize that this man has realized that i am terrified out of my mind um has realized that i have no idea what the fuck i'm doing in rural karnataka and has decided that even though it isn't a part of his job um he's going to drop everyone else on the bus off and he's going to take me to a place that is like 2 hours away from where he really wants to end up his home and that's when i started to like look around at the bus and suddenly like people there aren't very scary anymore there's like a family back there playing uno playing uno even though it's like 4 a.m. uh there's two little old ladies watching like a really bad hindi soap opera <laughs> and like cheering um there are like these two college boys who are just like chilling and i suddenly realized the bus conductor spoke to me in english and i just assumed he wouldn't be able to speak to me in english because of like what he looked like because he looked like one of them and i feel like really really foolish um and honestly like that's just the end of my story nothing happened like nothing bad happened i was fucking fine and i suddenly realized that like if i ever wanted to get out there and do anything in this world there were two things i've got to fight right i'm got to fight like this inherent prejudice that has wormed its way into my soul but also got to like fight the idea because the, the the other fear that was happening this entire time was this awful sense that if like anything did go wrong if anything didn't go exactly according to plan i would fucking die and that wasn't true and um and yeah so that's just that's just the bizarre lesson that i learned that day so yeah. thank you nayantranaya <laughs> thank you so much and you didn't die Two Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website, truestorieslive.co.uk. We're super grateful to be supported by Arts Council England, Norfolk County Council and Writers' Centre Norwich. 